Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the best sports podcast you can find on the interwebs. I'm your host, Drake Tharp, and we are back with some news after a two-week hiatus due to me falling ill. Yes, the flu got me, and I basically, you know, had no voice by the end of last Tuesday. I couldn't even talk. It hurt my entire trachea and just everything that had to do with my body to even force myself to do a podcast. I guess I'm not, you know, Michael Jordan in Game 6 when it comes to the flu, but uh, yeah, we had to take a hiatus, but we are back with all sorts of new coverage. First thing I want to get into, the Lakers' turmoil. They start out 0-3 on the season, and let's just say, um, you know, they pl- they've played a few uh, decent teams, the Warriors, Clippers, very good defensive teams, very good offensive teams. Um, But, you know, everything they do essentially just looks forced. You know, they have these star players, uh, you know, guys built for stardom, expected to do top-notch, you know, level things, you know, essentially without building any team chemistry, okay? They might not be a playoff contender until they rebuild through the draft, and I know that's a long time away, and they don't have any picks basically up till 2026. Um this looks just bad, and I have nothing positive to say about this, uh, basically, besides we might see a mid-season rebuild with either A, obviously Russell Westbrook being traded, or B, Anthony Davis being traded. Um, LeBron, you know, has built his teams in the past through, you know, kind of being the player GM, and it seems like at his late age of 38, um, it's be- it's regressed more and more as he's gotten older. And, you know, we kind of have seen it with the Heat, with the Cavs. He gets these players, and they, you know, have immediately um, adapted to the system. As But as the years have gone on, it seems like players he grabs out of free agency slowly and slowly regress more towards a system he's building. And, you know, besides the COVID year, which, uh, you know, you can put an asterisk next to the championship if you want to or you cannot, uh, besides the COVID year, the last, you know, three to five years of LeBron James has looked very just disappointing all around. Uh, they're grabbing free agents who worked well in their, you know, system offenses as shooters prior, you know, like Malik Monk, Lonnie Walker, um, and expect to, to just throw them in and, you know, do the same, you know, thing with the three ball as they did on their prior systems. But here's the deal. Uh, most of the guys they grab in free agency were ball-dominant players in their given offenses. And when you have three ball-dominant players like LeBron, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis who can't shoot, a lot of those possessions aren't going to go towards those you know guys who can knock down threes. Okay, uh, you know, LeBron and Russell are known as distributors. AD is known as a scorer. But they're all ball-dominant in their own aspect. And we see a lot of turmoil with Westbrook, you know, taking dumb shots, as you might say, um, or LeBron forcing threes, or AD being made of glass. These are all, you know, contributing factors as to why, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. And when you have Russell Westbrook, a given superstar, going 0 for 11, um, yeah, you know, they did the right thing with, you know, sticking with the three um, to build chemistry. That's But, you know, three players, you know, being the only ones who stick there, that's, it's not going to work. You got 10 to 12 other guys coming in, coming out, you know, of this system, and new coaches come through every time LeBron has a team, and it's just, it's not working, and you see teams, successful teams like the Grizzlies, Jazz, uh, you know, teams like that, you know, building through their young talent, 
and you know the Suns just building through their young talent, building a scheme, not letting you know players go, and just building team chemistry. And it seems like LeBron's way of building building his team has just regressed throughout season. So, um, you know, I think it's time to you know move on from maybe one or two of the three big heads in LA. And, you know, they like I said, they might not be a playoff contender till they rebuild through the draft. I know it's easy, it's easy to say this at the start of the season, and there's, you know, about 80 games left. So, but if they don't turn things around by 40 games, if they're, you know, less than 20 wins, it's, it's not looking good in the slightest. And, you know, you have all these role players expected to just jump in the system and knock down tray balls, all that, and it's just different. It's different than what it was uh, back when LeBron was on the heat, on the Heat. You know, the the building a super team type of dynamic in the NBA, it's just not working anymore. It's not working in the slightest. Uh, teams build through the draft. Suns example, Celtics an example, Warriors an example, um, and you know we saw all those teams in the finals in the last two years. So, and they've done it amazingly and develop their players into stars and the Lakers are just doing an old-fashioned you know type way and so I don't know what they should do I think you know one of the one of the three superstars will definitely be traded um, by the end of the year and maybe even two get some of those picks back get some of those you know I mean grab some young players out of there LeBron's got I'd say two good years left in him and you know, that two years is a, a long time to build, you know, a better team. So, yeah, that's the Laker turmoil. Everything they do just looks forced. It doesn't look good. I really don't have anything good to say about them right now. So uh, let's talk about some football. Let's jump to the gridiron here to the NFL. McCaffrey has been traded to the 49ers. And let me just say, this is where my positive part of the show comes in. I have nothing bad to say on both sides. Uh, it looks like a great trade on both ends. Um you know, the Panthers are starting on the roots of a successful rebuild, and the 49ers have another weapon besides, uh, another deadly weapon, you know, besides Debo Samuel, uh, George Kittle, Ayuk. Um, you know, I feel like Kittle and Ayuk aren't surefire uh, deadly weapons anymore, and they went out, got them, a you know, another deadly weapon to add on to kind of their mediocre offense, but they have a good defense behind them, so I think, you know, the NFC favorites, you know, you got the Eagles up top, and then I think it's a discussion between the Vikings, uh, 49ers, Rams are still in the mix. Uh, other NFL teams, you know, should take notes of the Panthers and knowing when to move on, and they, they did exactly that and got a haul of picks back. Uh, Brian Burns, DJ Moore possibly on the move as well. Uh, Carolina knew right when to, you know, start on the rebuild, and they traded their top priority, and um, they got – a few picks. I've, I think it's a you know an A grade on both ends. Um, 49ers unfortunately had a very rough game, but I don't I don't think it'll affect their entire season outlook. Uh, McCaffrey is still yet to get used to the system, and you know when you have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, McCaffrey, and George Kittle all on the field at the same time, that's going to be a deadly thing. Uh, and I know you know Garoppolo. A lot of people aren't a fan of him. I'm a fan of the guy. I think you know. His playoff record speaks for itself. Uh, he's consistent. He battles injuries, but, you know, at the end of the day, Garoppolo is a stealthy guy who has a great playoff record. So, um, you know, this is a guy who can lead his team to the Super Bowl. They have a better defense than I've seen before, and now they have another star offensive, you know, threat. 
So I think it's an A grade on both ends. Panthers starting their rebuild at the perfect time. 49ers, you know, they know they're a Super Bowl contender and they can get there. Um, yeah, so let's jump to our Fab Five bets here. I got a five-leg parlay uh, with two odd bets, two money line bets, and an over-under bet. Uh, let's win you guys some money. Let's talk about it. I got Ravens. They're one-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Bucks on Thursday Night Football. I don't understand that. Um, you know, I'm going to take the Ravens here. Buccaneers look absolutely terrible right now. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to go from losing to the Panthers by 18 to, you know, all of a sudden beating the Ravens. I got the Ravens on Thursday night. Uh, Jets and Patriots are at an even line here. I got the Jets taking the dub there. Uh, I got money line on the Astros to take game one of the World Series. Money line on the Warriors Sunday night against the Hornets. And LA versus San Francisco, uh, I have over 41 points. So, yeah, those are your fab five bets. If you want to win some money, throw some cash down on that parlay. Let's get you guys rich. Anyway, main event of the show, NFL Power Rankings, baby. Let's get it. I have a list that may be controversial, a list that, you know, through seven weeks, I didn't think this would be the list. Not in the slightest, but here we go. Number 10, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, it's the Kenneth Walker show right now, okay? He's completely taken over the running game in Seattle and is an absolute game changer. While they looked like a joke prior to the season starting, they found gems in the rookies on offense and defense. Uh, the defensive guy, Tariq Wolin, being a top corner for them already. Kenneth Walker completely taking over that running back spot. And Geno Smith looks like a better you know quarterback than Russell Wilson right now, so that trade kind of worked in their favor, and they've stacked a ton of picks their first place in their division and they're I, you know they're the team to beat right now uh you got the Niners Rams I think obviously the Rams and Niners are better teams are a better team than the Seahawks but you know are they better disciplined or right now you know are they you know putting the pieces together already like Seattle is not yet there I, I don't have either of those teams in my power rankings right now but I got Seattle at number 10 Number nine, I got the Cowboys. With Dak Prescott back, they won't have to completely lean on that tough defensive play. Uh, they're a 5-2 and two team, and they're looking to reignite their momentum with Prescott back. Cooper Rush, you know, played uh, pretty, you know, solid. Uh, but while Dak was gone, CeeDee Lamb proved he was still elite, and their defense is top five in the league. So they're looking to be a balanced team. I think they can uh, sit in that second-place spot in their division and, you know, Probably jump into the wild card spot come playoff time. Let's see if they can put the pieces together. But they're sitting at number nine. Number eight, I got the Jets. Now they lost two key offensive players, one on the offensive line and running back Brees Hall. But they've tra traded for James Robinson, and they've also lived through a trifling defense and are beating teams handedly. Uh, they look like they're already a step ahead on the rebuild and could be, you know, a sleeper wild card team. Uh, both teams in New York, you know, playing good football. I got the Jets at number eight. They're five and two as well. And they're, you know, putting teams like the Packers down handedly. Um, and their run game is extremely solid. Their young defensive players are making big jumps. Uh, I don't think, you know, management thought they'd be at this point in their rebuild, but, um, they're looking great. So number eight, the Jets, number seven, the Bengals make their top 10 power rankings debut. Joe Burrow quiet quieted speculators on Sunday, and the Bengals are now first in the AFC North. They're on a two-game winning streak and have a ton of offensive momentum with, you know, guys like Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, even Tyler Boyd making big plays. Uh, this could lead to big plans later on in the playoffs. And, you know, it was last season. Nobody thought they were a threat until, you know, later in the season when they caught momentum. 
Uh, they're catching momentum right now, and you know this same thing could possibly happen with you know that offensive play they had last year. Uh, it could lead them deep into the playoffs, and they've caught momentum you know earlier than last year at this point in the season, and you know their first place in a tough division. I got them at number seven, uh, but number six I got the Ravens. Uh, you know, I have the Ravens right above since here simply because they do have a win over them, and I do think they're more talented. Uh, I think they're one of the top three most talented teams in the league. While they had a tough game on Sunday, uh, they still, you know, pulled out a dub. Lamar Jackson didn't even get over 150 yards passing. Uh, we know this team is a lot more dominant than the record shows as they have had the lead in, like, 98% of playtime. And Lamar Jackson crew, they're a huge threat to other AFC teams. It's It's true. Um, I think the Ravens are due for one. Uh, Lamar Jackson's due for a Super Bowl. But am I saying they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. But I do think they're underrated. And I do think, you know, they're going to be a top three team in the AFC come playoff time. Uh, number five, the Giants. The team that no one expected to be 6-1 and one is here in my top five of the power rankings. Uh, you know, it started out as a joke. And then week two happened, week three, week four, et cetera, et cetera. They de- they've defied everything in sight and should be perceived as a top NFC team now. Uh, they have gr- wins over Green Bay and Baltimore, two completely different teams, two dominant teams. And with eyes on, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., he could see them as a, you know, a dominant squad, you know, and what more to the story than, you know, coming back home while they're, you know, a dominant team in the NFC. They need a receiver very badly. And Saquon Barkley playing probably the best running back play in football right now. Uh, Daniel Jones is playing a lot more, you know, uh, conservative, I'd say, smart conservative style football than, you know, just being completely terrible. And I think he's uh, one of the most underrated uh, scramblers in the league. Uh, Their defense is, you know, they control the pace of the game. The Giants are the best control of pace game in football right now. And, you know, teams like uh, if you want to talk about top dogs like Chiefs, Bills, uh, they're just offensive onslaughts, and, you know, it's about time of possession a lot of the time, and these Chiefs and Bills-esque offenses, when you score in three plays, it gives, you know, the other team to take their time with the ball, and the Giants, you know, that's why they've won, time of possession. Uh, number four, I got the Vikings. The Vikings are 4-0 in their last four games, and it seems like their offense continues to just get better and better each week. They have relatively nine or ten more winnable games on their schedule, and I see their, you know, offensive momentum as a top threat in the nfc uh peak i see them you know making the nfc title game that's peak i don't see them uh making a super bowl run or anything but you know they are five and one they have to be respected here uh i think there's a lot of work to do in the secondary on that team uh they have close wins with you know relatively bad teams like you know lions bears saints um but they're four and oh in their last four games are finding ways to win um you know that's if that's what it is to get a top four spot in the power rankings. Uh, yeah, they've, you know, they're, I think, potential along with win-loss record. That's how that's how I basically mix it in. And I think their offensive potential is, you know, the sky's the limit there. So um, they've, they have a lot of games on their schedule left, but I see mostly, you know, doable, like doable winning games. Um, so, yeah, they could finish as a regular season monster, um, but we'll have to see if they make that elite jump in the playoffs, if they, you know, if their defense can get, you know, hang on things and, you know, just beat teams like, um, the Eagles, uh, the Giants are in there. 
um, 49ers. The NFC is relatively a weak conference, so we could see a lot of surprises in the playoffs. But the Vikings have, you know, yet to do that with Kirk Cousins under center. So we'll take a we'll take a look see here when the playoffs come around. Uh, number three, I got the Bills. You know, I could honestly switch two and three with Bills and Chiefs all day long. I think you know. Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills. This is going to be the top three for a while throughout the season. It may switch a few times, but Eagles or Chiefs and Bills relatively switchable. But um, while they were on a bye, the Chiefs just had an outstanding performance against a top defense in football, and that's why I have the Chiefs at two. Um, the Chiefs absolutely embarrassed, in my opinion, the best defense in football. Uh, Mahomes looked incredible per usual, uh, but the other thing is he's finding other targets besides you know Travis Kelsey, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster stepping up and having a huge game. They're continue improve with little room to improve to perfection. Okay, that was a big word jumble, but what I'm saying is they are so close to being a perfect offense, but they still are improving each week. So, yeah, they're they're just balling the F out on offense right now. Uh, when you do that, I mean, honestly, who cares about defense when they're doing what they're doing on offense? So they look like the best team in the AFC right now, uh, but number one, obviously, the Eagles, the last of the undefeated. They're poised coming off a of bye week, and like I said, they're the most balanced team in the league. Um I think their offense and defense is like 50-50 on reasons why they win. I could see, you know, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes right now battling for that MVP spot. Um, but, yeah, they're poised. They work time of possession. Their defense is stifling. Uh, yeah, I like them a lot. They may not be the best team on paper, but they're undefeated. And, you know, they've done a rebuild like perfect. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Lakers take notes of other teams' rebuilds. The Philadelphia Eagles are one to take a look at, even though it's completely different sports. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for the podcast today. Thank you guys for watching after a two-week hiatus. Um, I think we're at episode 51. We hit 50 episodes. I'm glad to do this. This is a big accomplishment, over 50 episodes. That's insane. And yeah, more content on the way. I look to do other uh, videos besides these podcasts. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.